Hey everyone, I'm Fredo. And I'm Benji. And this is Apes on Tape Podcast. Welcome. Hello, dear ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Apes on Tape. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, How's it going? It's going great. I was asking the listeners. Oh, okay. well, yeah, they're quite rude. They never reply. They don't, do they? Not the only ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, private joke. Um, so, yes, this is, uh, this is an episode of Apes on Tape podcast. Welcome. Mm. I hope this greets your ears on a wonderful day. Mm. Yes, welcome, mm. welcome, welcome. And uh, let's start off with, like always, what are you grateful for? The obvious. What are you grateful for? Well, um, I am grateful because I have recently been um, really absorbing and savouring the, the delights of, uh, of Morzine and, uh, and its inhabitants. Um, and uh, it's been really wonderful. Mm. I've had a little slight uh, refocus um, as, as things, are, things are drawing to a close for me here. Uh, and I'm just... Uh, you know, taking taking note and um, and really really savouring the taste of it, and it's really nice. Um, I've had some really wonderful interactions, really some wonderful people, and it's uh, there's been a lot to to be grateful for. There's a lot to uh, yeah. uh, there's a lot I'm going to miss. Yes, exactly. Um, the reason I guess that you've been so present is because you know your imminent departure. Mm, yeah, that is true. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, which is which is love. It's bittersweet. Because you've been making time for for people, and um, as we said a couple of podcasts ago, that um, sometimes the only time we we make time is is when it seems um, like it's like it's not yeah like like, it's, it, like it, it's finite you exactly know? when you when you realise something's running out that's when when it's um, when when you savour it the most uh, ironically you know and it's uh, it's you know. Mm. But it's been lovely. It's been lovely to see you more and hang out with you more. We had a lovely party last night, which was really fun. Mm, that was a fun party. I did enjoy myself. I think so did a lot of other people. So yeah. that's, that's all you want from a party, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Mm. I had a great time. Um, I was socialising with a lot of people, um, cracking some jokes, making people laugh. I was, I was having a w- wild old time. Mm, nice. Um, and it was really nice because, uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I don't drink. Mm. So it was really nice for me to be around... Uh, inebriated people and just be mm. be be myself and yeah, yeah. being enjoying people's people's yeah. silliness and, and, and fun and yeah yeah it's not always easy to do actually yeah in a social situation if you're you know uh within one and and you're not drinking um it you can feel quite ostracized quite easily or just not uh in line with uh yeah. with other people and it's it can be a bit sort of not boring, but uh, it can be a bit difficult, I guess. In some situations, it can be, but mm. like, luckily, we've got an amazing group of friends, mm. which are all just very mm. interesting, and mm. a lot of them were drinking in moderation. And yeah. even towards the end of the night, when you know it got a bit wild, um, mm. I was still really having a, having a having a great time, <laughs> and it was really really lovely, oh, good, just enjoying good. people. And uh, yeah, especially you, man. It's like seeing you have such a wild time, getting a bit loose. Was really <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah, it's nice. A party is a uh, is a funny uh, is a funny interaction. It's a little bit difficult when you when you when you make a party when you like organise one. You're like, oh, a party, but it's really it's a little bit scary because it's sort of like, well, is anyone going to turn up? Does anyone even actually like me? Does anyone mm. even care about anything? Uh, and so, and inevitably, whenever there is a party, you know, everyone arrives fashionably late, and you're like on the on the dot, on the stroke of when the party starts. Like, why is no one here? Oh my god, nobody's going to come. I've wasted all this time, food, money, etc. Ah, oh, nobody likes me. I may as well just kill myself. <laughs> <coughs> 
And then you get the sort of like the first dribs and drabs of people that arrive and maybe, you know, people that you didn't expect to arrive first arrive first. And you're like, oh, OK, there's three people here. I've got to sort of entertain them and pretend like this is a great party. and They, they should stay. They shouldn't leave immediately because I'm a loser. <laughs> and then, yeah, it, then I guess. Yeah. It was a great turnout, man. There were loads of people. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely lovely. It was, it was fantastic. Nice. You yeah. put on a great spread. There were loads of food. There was so much food. Mm. Um, there's still quite a lot of food. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. still quite a lot of yeah, food. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was, anyway, I, I, uh, that's, that's enough about me. What, uh, what well, are you grateful for? Thanks, um, but well, I, I was just um, I was grateful for that party last night. It was brilliant. Mm. But um, okay, cool. If we're if we're if we're segueing into what I'm grateful for, then I'm grateful for not waking up in pain mm. because um, a lot of last week I was waking up in pain every day, um, and I couldn't figure out why, and it was really bumming me out because you know, mm. I had a lot of pain in my hips and mm. a lot of pain in my lower back, mm. and. It reminded me of when I first got injured and um, yeah, just, it's just a, it's a ball ache, you know, waking up and the first thing you feel is pain mm. is, is pretty shit. And, and then all of a sudden to not wake up in pain, you're like, oh, buff, <laughs> yeah. buff, you know, yeah. like, wow, you know, I'm not, you know, yeah. what a great way to wake up. And yeah. It's just such a, yeah, so, so great. And it turned out the problem was uh, I changed my sleeping position yeah. um, because I'm in the chair all day and normally I sleep in the fetal position. I was like, you know, my body's curling up. I really want to like stretch out more. Mm. So I was sleeping on my back like dead straight. Mm. Um, and then luckily I, I see a physio twice a week and uh, she said, why don't you try putting more pillows under your head and a couple of pillows under your knees um, so you're not completely straight. Mm. Um, and it's, it's and that was it. That was the problem. I was I was... It was the sleeping position. What a it nice, easy solution. And a and a couple and a, a little short course of, excuse me, a little short course of naproxen. Naproxen. What's yeah, that? Yeah, it's an anti-inflammatory kind of like uh, ibuprofen, but a oh, bit nice. stronger. Yeah. So just uh, like four of those over two days, and that like kicks up your anti-inflammatory um, stuff. So mm. yeah, like you know, all the inflammation went down, and yeah, I just you know, I've been waking up, and oh god, it's been buff. It's been mm. like oh. No pain. And mm. also, I'm super grateful for my creativity recently. I woke up and I've written a couple of songs lately, which were quite fun. Mm. And normally I get really creative in the morning, but obviously not when I'm waking up in agony. Mm. But yeah, I, I wrote a song the other day and it was half in French. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it so was, cool. It was for my French teacher. It was just because uh, I've decided to not continue the French lessons with her. And um, and then, yeah, just, you know, she's moving away and... Mm. And we were like, oh, let's make the next lesson extra special. And mm. I had not planned on writing a song. You know, sometimes you just wake up and mm. like, oh, lyrics. Um, mm. Sorry, meditation. I just need to go write these down real quick. And, and before I knew it, I was like, oh, I've just written a song. And, oh, it, and half nice. of it was in French. And like, I, I didn't even know I was even that good in French to, 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 to rhyme in oh, French. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah, I was really impressed with myself. Oh, I'd love and, to hear it. Yeah, well, I haven't recorded it yet. but um, Yeah, cool. I, uh yeah, it's been really great. I love these little bursts of creativity and mm. getting in the flow state and stuff, which is which is really really wonderful. And what is what is the flow state? You you keep using this phrase quite recently, and I actually got got to be honest, I don't know what what it is to be in a flow state. What does that ah, mean? Well, good. I'm so glad you asked because um, I wanted to talk about it. But the flow state is when you any time you get lost in a in a in a creative endeavor or, or even snowboarding. I used to get you know just you know just get lost in snowboarding. You mm. know like sometimes you're just on form you just can't put a foot wrong a lot of people experience it climbing you know when they're climbing mm. that you know they're just all they're just focused you know they're hyper focused because mm. it's such high risk climbing mm. you know um anytime you're hyper focused like i get it when i'm painting mm. uh, i get it when i'm like writing music or songs um 
it's a bit of a grandiose claim. I'm not some like major musician. I'm just some novelty rapper. But mm. um, my point is, um, anytime you just get lost in in a creative flow or or some sort of hyper focused state where mm. you know you're not thinking about anything else, like all the worries in the mm. world are just you know you've got Zen laser focus on mm. something, um, and it's a flow state. It's when time goes past. You're like, oh, where's the last mm. three hours gone? You know, I've just been, you know painting a skateboard and all of a sudden that's another thing I'm really grateful for I did a really cool skateboard recently and um, I've been really proud of the artwork I've been producing so yeah it's been really nice I was uh, I was talking uh, with a friend recently about uh, about surfing I was really advocating for how much I think it's the the best sport in the world and it's Mm. I I know from from several you know meditation teachers that just just meditate you know there's there's no substitute for actual meditation like lots of people say oh my meditation is going for a run moment like like, yeah Yeah. that's good that that is but still meditate as well um but I was just sort of talking having a rebuttal to that um in in the light of how wonderful surfing is Mm. and how how good I am at meditation in brackets not very yeah um so if, if I'm sit there, uh, sitting there and meditating and, you know, counting the breaths and being aware of the breath and like, one, two, three, what about that thing that I need to do? Oh, yeah, one, two, three, oh, but I haven't forgotten. Blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and, you know, that's, that's the constant sort of dichotomy, like battle that you're having um, throughout, the, throughout the meditative time. But with surfing, it's just, it's, you, you are in a flow state, absolutely. And there's no better time to be surfing than like a quiet, quite a quiet day mm. when sort of one wave comes along every 10 minutes. Mm. And I realise, well, I mean, I realised, you know, years ago, but it's just such a beautiful, beautiful time to just be sat in the sea on your surfboard and you are, you are doing nothing but looking at the horizon line, waiting for that, oh, is that the next wave? Is that the next wave? And you're, you're like, one, two, three, four. That one, that one. I'm going to go for that one. And then, you know, and then you focus on like catching the wave and hopefully getting up on it. And it's all like so laser focused. You are, there is no chance you are worried about, you know, mortgage payments, debts, you know, your job, you know, your relationship thing. When you're on a wave, yeah. I don't think anyone has ever been like, oh, I must remember to turn the stove off. Or like, yeah, you know, yeah, you are yeah. like, whoa, that is there is a wave that I'm on and that wave will never be around for anyone else but me right here, right now. Yeah. And in between those waves, in between those glorious moments that you capture, you know, a a unique part of the universe that will never happen again, you're just sat in the sea, just being completely at peace. And I am not, I'm not looking for a wave and then be like, oh, I must remember to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, where's the next one? Where's the next one? Just Mm. watching the sea slowly, slowly come in waves at you. It's just... You know, I think it's better than meditation. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I, it, when you were saying that, it reminded me of the time when I did used to surf every day. Um, mm. I lived in a place called Surfer's Paradise. Mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, was in, in, it was on the east coast of Australia. And, and, I, and I loved it, man. And like, yeah, we used to go out every morning. I was not very good at mm. surfing at all. But just being in the ocean, being in the ocean is like, you know, the one place where you can't look at your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the one place where you can't listen to a podcast. Well, it won't be long now. I mean, you can technically now. You've got your headphones and, you know, you get your Fitbit in there for sure. Well. What's my heart rate on that last wave? Get fucked, mate. Yeah, well, my, my point is, pool. this was before, before you know, all that. Before all that. Mm. And, oh, yeah, I remember being in the ocean. It was just being in the ocean was, was so therapeutic, like, regardless of catching a wave. Like, the mm. goal wasn't, like, the goal really wasn't, 
to catch a wave, like mm. in hindsight. I, I guess like you wouldn't go out there and just float around, but you, you spend a lot, much more time floating around than, than on a wave. Mm. Oh, yeah. And those, those bits were just as, mm. just as satisfying mm. as catching the wave. Mm. And that's a great example of, mm. of being in a flow state, um, or at least being undistracted. Which brings me on to what I really wanted to talk about was a, a book I'm reading at the moment mm. called Stolen Focus by Johan Hari mm. and it is phenomenal and I you know I'm going to make a grandiose claim here but I think it's one of the best books I've ever read and right. I haven't even finished it yet <laughs> wow well it might get rubbish then. yeah <laughs> um, according to another person uh, who's read it, it apparently it just gets better really yeah and and she told me this um, on by chapter three and uh, now I'm on chapter nine she wasn't lying wow so yeah how many chapters are there I don't know mm. but um uh it's phenomenal, and basically, it's a book uh, about how our attention span, as a, as a, as a race of, of human beings, is is getting much shorter, like every day, because uh, because of mainly our devices and our lifestyles and um, the fast pace of our environment, and how you know what one of the interesting statistics is that people don't read books, like the the percentage. The percentage of people who actually read books, mm. I consume most of my books through audio form, mm. um, uh, is 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 gone down immensely, immensely. Like hardly anyone actually reads books anymore. Um, multitasking is apparently not as great as you as you think it is. Like there's a there's a theory of of of, of monotasking being much more effective than multitasking, um, and one of the things that what one of the things that you you do it as a monotask is reading a book, you know, you can't really read a book and do something else. You have mm. to focus on the, on the characters. You have to turn the pages and, mm. and um, it was just really wonderful. Really wonderful. It, it combines a lot of scientific studies with a lot of the author's own experiences. So for example, he goes to this Island and he disconnects all of his devices. He doesn't take his laptop and he goes completely for this huge digital detox. Mm. And then um, he was finding himself like reading Charles Dickens and he was like scanning it and sort of, Coming, oh, come on, Dickens, get get on with it, mate. Like I know it's an orphanage, etc. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get to the end of it, like he was reading a news article. You know, mm. like you know, like what what's the point here? Yeah. And um, and it was only when he said this, I realised that I was reading a book recently, and it's one of the first books I've read in ages um, that I haven't consumed via audio. And I was doing the same. Mm. I was doing the same. I was like, like come on, like trying to rip through the pages. Come on, man, what's the point here? Like the book is about procrastination. Mm. I'm like, tell me how to not procrastinate. Mm. You know, like just I want, give me the meat. You know, mm. like you know. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I was Skip like to the back page. Yeah, and I was like, you know, just just show me the gold, and you mm. know. But and I was like, fuck, that's how I'm reading a book right now. Mm. How you describe it? When when he realised that he was doing that. He was like he took took note of it and like had some some inward introspection. Was like this is not how you read Charles Dickens. You're mm. meant to marinate in the pages. This is fiction. This is you're meant to inhabit the characters and be like oh you know like mm. poor little Jimmy. You know mm. you're supposed you're supposed to you're not Oliver. supposed to Oliver. I Oliver. Imagine. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to flick through till the end and, and get to the book. You know yeah. that's not the point of reading. Yeah. And um, basically his. The whole thesis is, re- is is to actually do stuff slower. Yeah. In this fast-paced world that we that we that we live in now, mm. where the goal is to do things more, more, faster, faster. Mm. So to actually do like less things mm. and to do them slower. And this is coming from the man who celebrates the fact that he listens to everything on two speed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I've been. Lis- I do listen to things on two speed, and and I do multitask a lot, and I. Yeah, I mean, it's changed. Like, this is the book. Like, the thing is, what I love about this book, it's it's the one book that's changed 
my daily behaviors mm. like quite radically and I've only listened to it for like the, the last three days mm. um, I've been doing things more mindfully I've not been multitasking I've tried to monotask and I do realize that these do come across as quite privileged things um, you know oh do you just do one thing at a time do mm. you how privileged are you to have the time and energy to spend on that one mm. thing um, and you know we were talking earlier about like tell that to a mother that has three children mm-hmm. you know just spend time with your kids mm. just cook dinner mm. you know like no yeah. those things get you, them ready for school yeah. you know fill out the form help them with their homework yeah. one at a time though Sarah like pulling out her hair because she's got a late night shift at Iceland coming up and you're like no 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 slow down Sarah fuck off okay yeah exactly so I don't think this is I think it's great advice especially for someone like me it fits my lifestyle wonderfully yeah in, in, I'm in a very privileged position but um yeah, I have to understand that, like, it, you know, this isn't... I, I think it's not one-size-fits-all. Um, mm. I think it's great advice. Uh, there was... I listened to a podcast about multitasking as well, and this guy said, actually, you, you become more productive when you monotask, you know? Like, and I think it fits certain situations and certain lifestyles well. But again, like, as you say, if you're, yeah. if you're a, a, a parent... Well, I mean, obviously, monotasking sounds like a no-brainer. Of course, if you if you have three things to do and you do them all at the same time, they're going to be done with thirty-three percent of your attention. And if you have one thing to do and you give a hundred percent of your attention, obviously, it's going to be done to a better standard. But I guess that you have to, you know, you have to balance and and discern when it's appropriate to do that because some things don't need to be done to a standard of of excellence, uh, especially when you are, you know you know, a single mum or just have a family or a busy life, then, you know, some things just need to be done. Yeah, you know? exactly. Sarah's packed lunch needs to be made. It doesn't need to be gourmet Gordon Ramsay, but she needs to eat at school. Exactly. So I guess you have to, you know, yeah. <laughs> judge when it's appropriate to monotask. And it's all, I, I, I would say that, you know, no one would need to read a book to, to understand that that is obviously going to be a more effective method of like completing tasks that you care about. Well, it wasn't obvious to me. It really wasn't obvious to me. Like, really? uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, so one of the things it highlighted is that I'm almost constantly absorbing information. Like when I'm exercising or even just doing things around the house, I'm always listening to podcasts mm. or music mm. or audio books. And then when I'm when I'm painting, I'm also listening to things like and or if I'm, you know, watching stuff on YouTube or watching Netflix, if I fall asleep, you know, watching a movie, mm. I don't ever give myself. He says that, you know, when you give yourself when you give your brain a rest mm. and you don't absorb any input, that's when that's when wonderful things happen. Mm. And um, he, he gives love, love, like lovely examples, like mathematicians that mm. um, or scientists that have been trying so hyper focused to solve like this one equation, mm. and then they're like, oh, you know, like, and then they're just you know relaxing and they're in the bath, mm. like Eureka! Oh, mm. I've got it! You know, mm. like, I've got that! I've, you know, and when you when your brain has that um, ability to put things on the back burner and to not do anything without any input whatsoever. Um, is really important and um, and the fact that like a lot of us don't do that these days we're so involved mm. in you know screens or mm. information or mm. things uh, you know and just to have that downtime for your brain mm. is really valuable and again I think that is it, 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 you have to be coming from a bit of a privileged place to have that yeah I completely agree and I, I think one of the things that I, I've noticed um, in in my own life, especially like between our relationship, like our relationship and this podcast started um, when it was lockdown, and I had a very free amount of time, and a lot of things that I was doing was just like listening to books and podcasts. And then when lockdown, you know, finished, and uh, you know, I had to go 
back to work and stuff uh it wasn't i didn't have the same time to like put in the amount of research and and effort into being as informed or uh or aware as i'd like to be when we're in conversation you know for this podcast and i have to fit it in and you know it's almost like i go for a go for a walk and i'm like oh i didn't bring my headphones what a, what a waste of time yeah. you know the pressure of, of you know just being as informed as i'd like to be you know which is a reasonable amount um uh, you know, weighs heavy enough to be like, oh, I, I don't want to do that because I can only, I can only do that, you know, one one time. I can only do one thing there. I need to make sure I can, I can curate it so I can, you know, listen to that, do that, and clean that. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's unreasonable. Yeah, but you know, when you when you got to shove it in in between, you know, work work and sleep, you, you know. Yeah. What what choice are you left with? I completely agree. I completely agree. Um. And one of the things that uh, this book has has highlighted for me is is just how, like like you know sometimes I worry about like life just in general like what am I doing with my life you know like where am I going you know what what's mm. the goal and and actually just to focus on the things that I'm doing at the moment like for example you know I I've got time I've got time to make artwork mm. you know write songs mm. you know, have, have a, a nap have a nap have a nap have a nap oh my god naps. I know the absolute one, and the, uh, and I've said this for a great many years, and I stand by it firmly. If you have time for a nap, your your life is going fucking well. <laughs> I know, you know, you know, maybe maybe that's not one size fits all. I'm sure there's people that are incarcerated for the rest of their lives. They've got plenty of time to nap. That doesn't necessarily mean things yeah. are going great for them. But generally, generally speaking, I think when one has the time to be like, ah, oh, I think it was about time for a little old cheeky nap. You are. Yeah, you're doing well. Yeah, it's really weird. So what what has been basically a privileged lifestyle that I've had um, to have time for a nap, I've been sort of complaining about, like, oh, God, it's really, mm. you know, sunny outside and I, I just I just had a nap, you know, what a, what a waste of time. I should be out there you know, living my life. And actually, I'm like, fucking hell. Like, because mm. he was, he was, like, he was saying about how, how important sleep is and to listen to your body. And, like, if your body's tired... Just take a nap. This is in the same book. Yeah, same in the book, same book. The stolen focus. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I, 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 won't feel, I won't feel guilty about having a nap. And then I went from not feeling guilty about having a nap to being like, fucking how awesome it is that I get to have a nap. Like, and, and then you come in and you're like, oh my God, I would love the time to have a nap. You know, and then, you know, yeah. and you were saying about, you know, how, how, and I was like, yeah. Like, I've, and it sort of shifted the focus on my own life and been mm. like, oh, wow, like I actually live a fucking great life. I'm always worrying about like, Oh, what am I going to do with my life? But I'm actually Mm. living it right Mm. now. And like, instead of worrying about it, just be more present and like Mm. do things like, and just enjoy the things that I'm doing. And, and, um, and like I say, it's really, really wonderful. Like, like to live here, like, you know, and you know, when I'm tired, I'll have a little nap. And Mm. it was a fucking buff nap. I woke up. (laughs) Oh God. I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, that was one of the best naps I've had in, in since yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, nice. So it's really cool, man. It was really cool. But um, I've also been listening to uh, a really great podcast called Modern Wisdom Podcast, mm. which has been really good. And there was a, there was an episode about men's mental health, and that was really quite illuminating as well. About how this ties in with what we were talking about, like how I worry about, like, oh, what, what am I going to do with my life, and and how 
there's a lot of emphasis on men especially like to be ambitious mm-hmm. and like if you're not ambitious as a man it's kind of frowned upon like if you're at a level in a company and you're not looking to be a manager and then if you're not looking to be a regional manager if you're not looking to climb the social ladder mm-hmm. if you're content where you are it's sort of like oh you're a bit of a loser like why aren't you why aren't you ambitious to move up and mm-hmm. and increase your you know i don't know maybe like personal wealth or social status and and I think that, um, yeah, there is, there is that pressure. You know, like when, when people ask you, like, like, hey, what do you do? Like, mm. they, they ask you, like, you know, what, they're sort of trying to assess your, where are you on the social status ladder? You know, mm. like, what's your, you know, what's your role in society? And I think that um, that does contribute to men's mental health a lot. And to be, to be not ashamed, to be not ambitious, you know, I'm not, I'm mm. not looking for more. I'm very, very content. Mm. And I think that's quite rare. And to be quite, to be, and just to own that, you know, and be like, yeah, you know what, I'm, mm. I think it's a sorry state of affairs, uh, the the culture, the society we're in, where it's it's the base level question to be like, what do you do? Like you you are essentially only and mainly uh, judged by what, you know what your what your job is, what your occupation is, and um, you know really I think very few people actually you know define themselves by their job, and if they do, it's it's not necessarily healthy or healthy or good maybe you know maybe a a few professions here and there but generally I think a lot of people would rather answer that question well actually I like this hobby and I'm into horse riding and I love this not like Mm. well I you know I'll stack the shelves at Tesco's yeah exactly yeah yeah. exactly Uh, I came up with a with a funny thing I had I had like a canned response prepared um, if I haven't got to use it yet but uh, the next time someone says to me uh, oh what do you do Mm. I'm gonna be like oh I'm a stand-up comedian you know, and it'll, yeah. it'll be a, a funny icebreaker. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, "Oh, well, you know, that you know." And I'll be like, "Oh, it's 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 a struggle, you know." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because Why? well, obviously, I, I'm not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like you know, my agent says I'd be better suited to sitcoms. <laughs> Um, just something like that just something to be you know just take the piss and be like you know it doesn't really matter what I do like we're having yeah, a conversation yeah. like stop trying to pigeonhole me yeah. and let's just let's just talk <laughs> don't know? box me in man don't box me in man mm. um, I'm, a, I'm a struggling stand up comedian mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah it's, like, it's kind of funny that um, and also th- so this little canned response came from from me taking the advice of this book and I actually went out for a bike ride without my airpods and I was like oh my god I feel naked like what am I doing not listening to a, what a podcast. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. I'm not Cycling through the Duresh, I'm, in, in, amongst the trees next to the river. I'm not even learning. Oh yeah, I'm not even listening to anything. And I, I actually let my brain breathe, you know, mm. and I was, and then I started coming up with these wonderful th- original thoughts, you know. Mm. I wasn't just regurgitating something I'd listened to. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God. And I started thinking about like these wonderful conversational prompts, which I, some, some of which I used at the party last night, for example, when someone was like, you know, hey, what have you been up to? And I was mm. like, well, I'm so glad you asked. I've been pondering the meaning of life and how to spend the rest of my days on the planet, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, who to, who to hang out with and what to do. Mm. And then it was just like, fucking hell, that was a bit deep. And mm. I was like, well, it's great because I've been in a situation where people have been like, hey, what have you been up to? And I'm like, oh, um, not that much. I mean, this and that. Mm. But like to have that sort of canned response to open up a wonderful, deep conversation to steer away from the small talk is, mm. is quite a cool little thing. And that came to me and... And just, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, it's actually really great not listening to stuff. Mm. And which is almost like this foreign concept of like, you know, immediately I was like, no, I should go home and get my AirPods. This this is ridiculous. (laughs) Like this is wasted time. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. We ended up having these wonderful insights of just, just, you know, entering, you know, allowing my my thoughts to to think. And it was, it was great. 
Great. It's really, really good. And there's another bit of the book which um, alludes to... Um, so, you know, being into, like, mindfulness and meditation and, like, subscribing to, like, the Waking Up app and having all these wonderful insights into how to be mindful, for some reason, doesn't make me as mindful as... Um, as someone saying to me like, hey, listen, man, your attention is being stolen from you, you know, and it's almost mm. goes into like down the... Down Harvested. The, yeah, like down the social dilemma route of mm. like, you know, hey, listen, these apps on your phone are designed by very clever people to zap your attention. That's yeah. why when you pick up your phone and be like, oh my God, what happened? I was only checking a message and like an hour's passed. Mm. That's designed that way. And um, and when it's, when it's presented to you in a way that like, hey your attention is your own man. Like then mm. it's being fucking stolen from you uh, and not just you, but like look around mm. at everyone looking at their phone. It, it kind of wakes you up and it, it's sort of like mm. in a different way to just promoting mindfulness. It's like, Oh fuck. Like mm. I don't want to be part of this, mm. you know, mass social experiment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I've, I've been thinking about this, Lots. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure I've mentioned before, but I'll mention it again. How like anti anti news and anti media I am, and I feel that our attention when it comes to the media, when it comes to the news, is like completely prostituted, and it, painfully so. And it's it's become I'm becoming more and more aware of it, and and more and more against it. I'm I, I'm trying. It doesn't make me angry, which is part of the problem I find at the moment. That uh, there's a there's a wonderful documentary that came out in 2016 by Adam Curtis called Hypernormalization. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. And uh, an inc- an incredible uh, commentary on on the media and how we are, you know, used and deadened to you know to the sensationalization of sensationalization. Sounds like a word. We'll run with yeah, it. No, sensationaliza- yeah, no, sensationalization. Sensationalization. Yeah, well, let's run with it. I think it's a yeah, word. yeah. It sounds like it makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? Um, and it's just uh, it just it's so apparent to me. And unfortunately, I've, I do feel that I have I've been affected by it. It's it's taken a long time, and compounded over a long time the the different you know sensational news that's coming out, and and I just don't. I don't have an emotional response to it anymore. And you can see how it sort of, it gets more and more crazy, more and more scary because people aren't responding. You know, you yeah. You don't click, you don't respond. So the the next piece of news is even more scary, even more large. Like, oh, there's a global pandemic. Oh, there's war. Like, you know, yeah. what, what, you know what's next? It's, it's, um, it's all too much. It's all too much. And I, I find it unreasonable that anyone would able would be able to continue being like surprised and scared yeah. by the news like at some point your brain is going to turn off to that stuff because it's like a it's like the boy who cried wolf yeah it's like literally ringing the bell in your face like look how fucked everything is look how frightened you need to be and you're just like oh well i'm just like give it a fucking rest mate yeah yeah, it's really funny. I bumped into uh, a, a listener of our podcast, Neil Sharp. Hello, mate. Oh, I know you'll be nice. listening. Um, but he he said something in the supermarket which was which was really baffling. It was it was something um, a point of view I'd never considered. But he was like, "Our oh, life nowadays is like a Netflix series." He's like, mm-hmm. "Series one was like Trump and Brexit. You know, series two was COVID. Mm-hmm. Series three was COVID as well, but people got bored of it. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, series four is like World War Three. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like, you know, what's you know, you th- you know, it's, it's like, oh, two thousand and nineteen was pretty bad. Do you remember mm-hmm. those forest fires? Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> neither do I because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it, you know, it's just so funny how like, yeah, what what can be more sensationalized now? You know, like if if if, if it was a Netflix series, it would be like thrilling. Mm. You know, yeah. if you're an alien watching, you'd be like, oh my god, can yeah. you? <laughs> what are these idiots gonna have do you next? Seen the, have you seen series five? Oh my god, like, <laughs> you know, what have they got yeah. in store? Nuclear war. Yeah, I mean, bonkers, climate change. You know, stuff like that. Mm. Um, That's another thing that I find really hard because I I, I blame the media for for our inaction. So, you know, human society continue to do nothing in the face of like these horrors. And you're just you're just unsurprised by it. You're unfazed. You're like, oh, you know, that's interesting. Britain are selling weapons to the Soviets so that they can, you know shoot people in Yemen and you're like oh I'm not surprised is your reaction yeah. you're like oh no, yeah, no shit uh, that's, that's that's not remarkable that we're you know supplying the Soviet Union with weapons so that they can wage a, a horrendous war and the fact that we have you know inaction and you know a lack of amazement to that sort of information is not fucking cool yeah. that is not cool like wow there's so much stuff so much mess and corruption that is happening absolutely everywhere and we're just like oh yep yeah, what what are you gonna do we're powerless we're fucked yet yeah, those those fucking pompous idiots at the top are going to continue to run our world or fail to run our world pretend to run our world and make a fucking mess of it in the case in the in and meanwhile you know putin putin wages war and someone releases, you know, the, the IPCC report is released, and you know, no one, no one hears about it. It's, uh, it's, you know, what used to be headline news, and what should be headline news is that, you know, we are burning the planet, and it's like, oh no, people are bored of that. People won't click that. Like, you know, yeah. it's on, it's on the Guardian for like less than less than a day. If you do want to read it, it is on the Guardian. You can read it there. The IPCC report is basically a, a very well revered document that is released in several parts detailing. You know the the very bleak outlook in the in the near future as uh, as climate change gets worse and worse, and, mm. and as many uh, highly qualified and research scientists are, are discerning what sort of effect humankind has had and will continue to have. Yeah. On the planet. It's not looking good. It's kind of like the elephant in the room, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, climate change. Well, we we know about climate change. It, it's pretty fucked, isn't it? But, yeah. Uh, but it's not. Like, I I hate to say this, but yeah, if I saw an article about climate change, I don't think I'd click on it because I'm Mm. like, yeah, I know about that. Like, it's it's bad, isn't Mm. it? Yeah. Yeah, Is is it worse now? Yeah, that's what I expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) And this is (laughs) is exactly what hypernormalization is. And like, we we spoke about it a few podcasts ago in in the movie Don't Look Up. And like, Mm. you know, you literally, some people have got the anger. You know, the, the younger people, the younger version of me who's happy to get tear gas and, like, be an activist, he's angry, but I'm not anymore. Mm. And, like, and you know, actually, it's it's quite sad, mm. but really, to be perfectly honest, I am I am, I am numb. I'm numb to it. Um, mm. Our friend Cecile recently, um, I was I was having a conversation with her about, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not phased. Uh, like, I feel bad. And, you know, we were talking about the, the Ukrainian war and I'm like, I can say things that will you know sound like i care but i'm got to be perfectly honest i i don't care but what what this is, it's white people now are you sure you don't <laughs> care like no I, I still don't care yeah and that's really sad for me that like i've been you know overexposed to sensationalized media that i'm like i actually you know i don't have the energy yeah it's like a screaming child that's constantly just pissing and moaning about the same thing and you're like you know what you you're not worth listening to that nothing is Mm. nothing nothing is changing but Cecile actually did manage to 
poke me in a few places that I didn't know quite existed and I, I did get rattled up and started yeah. ranting again about uh, about some stuff but you know generally to be in that state of affairs where you're not horrified genuinely by by the state of things is uh, exactly be scary but especially in, in your position who is like active in the in the refugee crisis in um Calais mm. you know you were literally on the front line we spoke about it on, on earlier episodes of the podcast but for those mm. listeners who a you know, quick recap like you were on the front line you 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 your mental health suffered immensely because you witnessed such horrors mm. and you weren't even a refugee you know <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah well I was I was yeah I was still white and British so I had yeah. it pretty easy but, but yeah it was was was, so, was terrible and that is such a, a, a such a wonderful example of hyper normalization oh there's more refugees yeah yeah that was that was season one. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's really difficult. I, 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 this is a slightly controversial thing to talk about, but actually, you know, the, the war is bad. The Ukrainian war is awful. It is sad. But I am very aware of the fact that, like, everyone is uh, on slightly higher alert about it because because they're because they're white, essentially. Yeah, well, and also it's a bit closer to us, like in Europe. You yeah, know, it's, it's not going on. Yeah, but why the is, other side of the world? Why is that? It's, why does that make it more important? Why do, why do these human lives matter more, basically? Well, I would say, yeah, perhaps it's because of the skin colour, but I would also say perhaps because it's a bigger risk to Western society. If it's in Iraq, yes, I mean, the skin colour is different, but it's also happening over there. Whereas here, it's, it's happening, it's a little, it's happening it's over there. It's a little there. further, but it's a lot more alarming. Yeah, but... People are far more alarmed about it. Well, yeah, I think... Also, okay. Well, the narrative is also changed from from the. Remember, every time we get information, it's propaganda, like like we we get Western propaganda. Mm. So it, it's you know when America invades Iraq, it's like oh, Saddam Hussein is bad, yeah. weapons of mass destruction, etc. Mm-hmm. We're you know we're the good guys, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. We're obviously not the fucking good guys. No. But now it's Russia, you know. <laughs> Are we the Russia. The, <laughs> now it's Russia, and they're obviously the bad guys. Russia's doing mm. it now. It's bad. Yeah. You know? Several James Bond films have told us that Russians are usually the bad guys. Exactly. So my point is, um, so we're looking at it through a different lens now. I don't necessarily think it's because it's white people. I think it's because we're we're looking at it. It's someone else doing the attacking. It's not. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, Russia, Russia, it wasn't long ago that Russia attacked the Middle East as well. Barely, barely made your, your, um, your awareness, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess it's all to do with like how the, me- how the media feeds it to the you. The media. The media Feeding. feeds. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And, and, and this is why everyone can't be blamed for being up in arms like, oh, yeah, you're suddenly up in arms about this war, are you? That's interesting. But of course, because, you know, that's all people have to consume and you can't expect... You know, if you feed a rabbit only carrots, it's, you know, it's pretty sure it's going to be carrots and it's poo. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if, if people are only, you know, fed this media through every single orifice that they can possibly consume it from, obviously that's that's what they're going to spit out. And like the, people's only crime is is ignorance. Yeah. In, in that in that instance and you know then they're, they're not to be they're not you know no one's to be blamed for that it's again it just it just leads back to you know the the like sickening media that we constantly have rammed down our throats yeah and I, i'm that i'm guilty of the ignorance that you that you speak of because 
like uh, it, okay I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, but, but this is this is how my thought process went oh my god there's a war I need to be informed so I was like looking at loads of YouTube videos of like bombs going off in Ukraine and then mm. I was like oh hold on a second I've done this before with COVID I, I'm sort of I'm one of those people that don't watch the news because I think it's very unhealthy mm. but you know oh my god it's COVID it's a fucking global pandemic I need to be informed mm. and then I was like going down rabbit holes and you know losing sleep and being like really mm. affected this is affecting my mental health and with the war I was like oh I remember covid like maybe i'm just going to stop watching the news mm. it's not going to stop the war but it'll make me feel better about myself and mm. i was like wow you know what a selfish prick like yeah i know there's a war going on there's not a lot i can do mm. but what i can do for my own selfish benefit is just not look at it not be you know i, I want to be informed but i don't need to be you know saturated mm. by by the you know bombs going off and like mm. because it's not affecting me and I you know it mm. will affect me if I think about it all the time mm. um, you know do you know what I'm saying it's, it's- I, I couldn't agree more and I, I'm interested to unpack the fact that you, you call it selfish because there is a selfish sensation about it like one would feel guilty ashamed if you enter a conversation or you're in a room and then people are like oh the, the war and you're like I've really don't got talk you know it. I don't want to talk about it because I've got I've got nothing to add I haven't informed myself on it because because one, I'm not getting in my car and driving to go and assist, which is you know probably not a good idea anyway. Yeah. But um, if it's not going to affect your behaviour, if you're not going to do something about it, then why are you informing yourself about it? Mm. To have a convers- to be able to you know be fluid in a conversation about it and have something to to add you know of value and be like oh well I listen to this and blah 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 blah. I I listened to I saw a, a podcast with Jordan Peterson and uh uh. uh a very um, well-qualified military expert, and it was you know a podcast about the Russian war. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to ingest like you know well thought out, considered conversation between two you know certainly intelligent men that yeah. are talking about this situation. This will be unsensationalized. It will be researched. It will be you know it will be referenced, so I can go back and be like, oh, this is what they're talking about. This is the document they're talking about. This is the article they can talk about it, and I can you know reasonably ingest information based around this this thing that's not going to have any, you know, emotional attachment of like, oh, feel this way, do that, you know. Um, and that was really, really informative for me. If I felt informed about the war. It didn't, like, scare me. It just it just made me feel informed. Mm. Um, but as far as the news goes, as far as, like, reading reading the papers online or, you know, or certainly not television or articles on Facebook, I, have, I haven't ingested any of that. And, I'm, and I will continue to, but I agree with you that I feel selfish mm. i'm like oh you're, you're not even going to be bothered to be informed about the horrors that these people are going through yeah. and i wonder like really how large is that distinction in real life as to how it feels in your brain like oh those who are informed and those who aren't informed about it you know are you really doing much more to help the situation yeah. other than like speaking like your yeah. heart is bleeding for them but like you know yeah. still here still going to work still what you know do you What's know what I the difference? Find is a really interesting observation that people are complaining way more about the fuel price than mm. like the atrocities that are happening. Mm. Like, oh, people are getting killed. Oh, mm. yawn. Mm. Have you seen the price of fuel? I know it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it cost me like three times the amount the other day to yeah. to do this. You're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, prices are rising. That 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 affects you. I mean, yeah. is it selfish or is it just human nature? Like, some people are dying far away. I mean, that happens daily. Yeah, you it's know. happening constantly. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know, oh, fuel prices. Yeah, but I if mean, you if you cost you twice as much to go and visit Nam, then you know you're gonna have something to say about it. 
I guess. It's arduous already going to visit Nan. <laughs> now I've got to pay 20 quid instead of 10. This is ridiculous. Is I know, she worth it's it? Just, you know, I, I, I get it. But you see my point, right? Like people mm. are outraged at, um, I guess, the things that just affect them. And, you know, mm. and, and yeah, like I say, when it comes to the war, I, I you know, I, I don't... I, I hate to say this, but um, I have to use my mum as an example. I'm sorry, mum. But when I see my mum, sh- who looks at the world through the lens of the of the media that she consumes, she sees the world as a very, very scary place. Mm. When realistically, she lives in, in a little li- little village in Cornwall. Very peaceful. You know, it's very, very nice. Not, not a lot happens. There's not a lot for her to be scared about. If there's people getting stabbed in London, then, then that's on the news. She thinks, you know, everyone it's very dangerous to live in London because, mm. you know, people are getting stabbed and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm sorry, mum. I, I hope I'm, 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 I don't, I hate to use this as an example, but um, I don't want to be someone who views the world through the lens of the media because they don't paint a, a particularly great picture of the world. And I know that that like headlines are sensationalized for clickbait. You know, mm. they want to, you know, again, referencing this book and um, talking about uh, the social dilemma that they, they were, they were saying, to keep people on these platforms, it's like if if you think, well, what what do you want your news feed to to feed you? Like lovely, happy articles that make you smile and laugh, of course, or things that make you outraged and you know provoke disgust and mm. and horror. You would obviously pick the happier ones. But what keeps you on the platform longer is the other one. There's the outrage. It's the bad. It's the oh my god, oh my god, the world's that bad. It keeps you scrolling longer. So these algorithms don't really care like what's good for your mental health. It's mm. like what ever keeps you on the platform longer and you know whatever gets the most clicks it you know it's called clickbait for a reason you know it's sensationalized it's it's outrageous it you know if you can keep you on the platform longer uh, you know the side effect is it's shaping your worldview to think that the world's a fucking horrible place and don't get me wrong the world isn't perfect it's far from perfect but we're we don't need to be inundated with all the all the crazy information from around the world but then also Maybe, you know, climate change is important. You know, we should all be informed about that. I don't know, man. I don't have the answers. Yeah. But like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I completely agree. And, I, you know, I, I would probably cap myself in how I'd start talking about it because I'll get pretty angry pretty quickly and you probably sound like a conspiracy theorist. But, like, you know, <laughs> it's it's consumer capitalism. It's the fact that, the you know, the media machine needs to make money. That's how the system works. And to make money, it's going to it's gonna scare the shit out of you uh, at whatever cost. And, and certainly it's going to cost you mental health and... And and certainly, it's not good, it's not going to be a nice read. Exactly. And and in in the midst of it, in the in the sensationalization of it all, <laughs> um, you know things things are things are lost. Things you know the the you know the IPCC resort, report doesn't get any doesn't get any airtime because it's it's not getting enough clicks. Yeah. And you know maybe it's something that we do need to pay attention to. Yeah, that's so sad. That's such a sad state of affairs that it's not clickbait clickbaity enough mm. to, to to be important but mm. when will it be important mm. well when it's too late mm. of yeah. course yeah, yeah. hey you remember that thing like 30 years ago yeah. that was like really important <laughs> yeah, yeah well yeah now we're on season pretty important now yeah now we're on season 10 yeah yeah, yeah. and they're, they're really fucked this time you know? <laughs> yeah the season finale I think this is going to be the season finale yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they're not going to get it out of this one do do yeah. do 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 <laughs> um, but yeah so one of the uh uh, how can I put it, solutions that the, the author of this book offers is 
if, for example, we paid for Facebook, say if every Facebook user paid one pound a month mm. to use Facebook, and that was how they generated their revenue instead. And then, so he, he offers a great example of like, if, if Facebook knows like where you are, you know, like like when, it, you know, you, you, it's harvesting information all the time mm. to sell to 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 advertisers so they can mm. curate you mm. as, a, as an advert that, that you know have you seen the, the film The Social Dilemma they build like a little mm. um, voodoo doll of you and they, mm. they, they sell that to the consumer uh, yeah, sorry they sell you as a consumer to the advertisers mm. and that's how they make money but if they're if it was structured differently he argues that um, Facebook knows where you are and if, the, if there's two people or more people that want to meet up you know, and, and are keen to meet up. And Facebook suggested that, like, oh, you know, your friend Leanne's over there. Like, would you know, maybe you want to go and say hello to her. Mm. That would get you off the platform, so it's not great for their bottom line. Mm. But if we paid for the service, not a lot. You know, there's a billion Facebook users. If we all paid like you know, mm. a pound a month or whatever, mm. um, then they could change. They could change it to not keep you on the platform longer, mm. but to actually help you. Um, he offers a great solution. I'm probably like butchering the explanation a little bit, but you get what I'm saying, right? Mm. If we, if if you know, if, if it's not free, you're the product. Mm. Um, I find that with my with my YouTube, I I, I I watch a lot of YouTube, and I and I argue that it is probably one of the best uh, social addictions that you can get because it, it's um it's long form content. Of course, the one that I like is yeah, the good yeah. one. <laughs> but it's long form content and it's in its edutainment, you know, mm. and uh, I, I've learned a lot of things, but you know, if you let it, YouTube will send you down a dark rabbit hole, but only mm. because that'll keep you on the platform longer. Maybe not dark, maybe just kittens. No, no, no. According to this, it, it will, it like, it will, like if you watch a, something about like a, a, a documentary about 9-11, um, like that, you know, it all the next one queued up will be like, oh, how it was like a conspiracy, mm. and like you know, it, it those sort of things keep you on the platform longer, mm. um, and that's and the algorithm knows that it's not it, the algorithm isn't e- evil. The algorithm is programmed it's to effective. keep it's effective, <laughs> yeah. And it, and unfortunately, what does keep you on the platform longer is outrage. But if you were to, you know, again, you're you're the product, you know, if you paid for it, it could be structured differently. Um, and I think that was a really wonderful solution to the problem. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's, tr- if you know, I don't know. It was just a wonderful book. Stolen Focus, mm. Johan Hari. Really, really recommend it. Yeah, Cha- I'll be sure, life- I'll be sure to get that one. Life-changing. Mm. Yeah, good. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about was on the subject of social media. I've deleted Instagram. And so sorry if anyone's um, been messaging our Apes on Tape Instagram. We haven't been on that in ages. Mm. Mm. Sorry. Um, but I deleted Instagram about a month ago for my own reasons, mental health, really. Mm. Um, maybe even more than a month ago, maybe like six weeks ago. And I don't miss it. Mm. And I know advocating to like delete Instagram is like a <laughs> one of those fucking like a super woke guy or like, you know, someone who's surrounded by drunk people. Oh, look mm. at me. I'm sober. You know, like, yeah, you're yeah. all looking at your phones. Be like, I'm not. Yeah, 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 Sounds yeah. like a holier than thou, one of those wanky things to say. But honestly, for me personally, it's been incredible. Mm. Like the fact that I'm not, um, I don't know. Like I wasn't, I wasn't ever like a, a major scroller, but you know, when people in- update their Instagram stories, especially during the winter when it was snowing, there was people out snowboarding, there was people out partying and drinking. It didn't make me feel great. I was comparing myself to people's highlight reels, and I was like, "Look at all the things I'm not doing." Mm. Now I don't need to see that, mm. so I, I deleted it, and I don't miss it. And I went on the other day through my iPad, and I was just like, "Oh my god, 
do people still use this app? Like, <laughs> I know it sounds like... You're so, self-righteous bastard. I know, but I was like, fuck, how, <laughs> how boring. And, and I, it's, there's no appeal to me anymore to, to mm. use it. But um, I just wanted to bring that up because, um, I, I, I don't know, I just wanted to say it was, it was, mm. it was on the subject of it. And, yeah, yeah. And it's been really, really great for me. Yeah, valuable thing to do for sure. Yeah, mm. excellent. Yeah. Ten out of ten. The other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, this, was, this was actually a great... Oh, hold on. We'll have a suitable break. Okay, we're back in the room. Sorry about the interruption. I uh, had to take my medication and um, my alarm went off on my phone. My phone distracted me. The irony. Mm, there's yeah. an exact example. Yeah. Thief. Dirty little thief. Yes. Trixie. I, I, I put it on uh, Do Not Disturb, but then it was like, hey, time for your medication. Yeah, thanks, phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to take my medication, you know. Yeah, so uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> the thing I did want to talk about was... Um, Interesting, I heard this on a podcast recently and wanted to discuss it with you. Um, mm. Does time move faster as we get older? Mm. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, you know, time moves so fast these days. And there's one argument which says, you know, if, say if you're five years old, mm. you know, five years is your entire life, you know. But if you're 40, mm. you know, five years is just one one eighth of your life. Yeah. So, so do, you know, it, it's less time. Um, there's one argument. The other argument would be... Um, uh, that we do things quite repetitively as we get older, and 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 we, when we do things and when we're young, we have this like beginner's mind. Everything's new. We do things for the first time, and it's it's wonderful. It's fresh and new. We're learning all the time. You know, we're growing. Our bodies are changing. We're like meeting new people, and and like our youth is is quite generally quite quite memorable you know and new things are happening all the time when we get older we get you know sometimes we'll have a job and we'll like drive the same route to work every day Mm. we'll do the same menial tasks you know and there's nothing that memorable so when you look back and be like oh where's the last year gone yeah you don't there's nothing memorable about that year Mm. because you've been doing the same thing every day so there's Mm. that and i just wanted to discuss it with you and and what 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 do you think your perspective on it is yeah, I definitely heard people speak like that, and and it feels to be that way myself. I'm sure there's some sort of theory that can be interwoven regarding um, Einstein's theory of of relativity and time time speeding up. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's not something I know too much about, but it, uh, there's there's sort of there's a th- well Einstein's theory theory of relativity is that there's nothing faster than the speed of light, and as as you as you get faster and faster and faster towards the speed of light time itself slows down so if you were to get to the Mm. speed of light um which you know you wouldn't be able to but like time itself is slow is slowing down i I guess the the image is given uh of a train a train picking up speed faster and faster and faster and faster until it's getting you know near on the speed of light and the time itself is going slower on that train Mm. and by the time you got to the speed of light it would but how does that relate to us getting older? I don't know. You'd have to ask myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so how, like, there is, there are times. I mean, it is, it, we often do look back and be like, oh, where did the time go? You know, mm. where did the time go? Like, uh, it's just. I, I think the first theory that you said is, is you know, undeniable, of course. You yeah. know, a, a, a baby that who who's, you know, only one year old its entire life has been has been one year and that that that's good you know that's still their whole life 
Mm. And that's how they will, you know, I mean, they don't do much contemplating, I imagine. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's like <laughs> to be a baby. Maybe that's a bad example. You said it perfectly, you know, you know, it, as as you become older, you know, it's a smaller and smaller fraction of time that as you pass through it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's less meaningful. I guess so. I guess maybe you could relate to it because as your time in Morzine uh, comes to an end, do things seem to speed up? Like you wish you had more time, kind of thing. I'm, I'm not sure. If... Mm, yeah, I guess I don't know. It's 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 been uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when you're trying to pack everything in into the into the last few, you know, few weeks of, of being here, it does uh, does all concertina. You know, suddenly you're it's it's bunching up and and you know days are days are flying past. Um, and maybe when you I guess that's slightly different. It's you know you're trying to savor something, mm. and and it's just running away from from under your feet. I, I imagine, you know, time will slow down slow down again after I've left. But at the moment, it just feels like there's a lot to fill time with, which yeah. is quite different. But it's um, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's a difficult it's a difficult situation to understand and to and to experience because when you when you know that something is finite, when something has an expiry date, um, you know. You got to pack a lot in, absolutely, and that's uh, that's what's happening right now. And yeah, yeah. it's it's um it's been it's been a hard decision to um to decide to leave. It's been it's been a bit of a a, a difficult um you know few months previously, and there's been a few few ruptures and you know a few a few hurdles. And it's seemed to me that the best course of action is to is to um is to take some time out. Yeah. And uh, and I uh, you know as I, as I said in a previous podcast you know there's um there's a, a dear friend Barbara who's who's you know who's maybe you know um her time here is is in question and and you know that's that's an important place for 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 me to for me to spend time and yeah like you said earlier it's sad to um it's sad that you you need things like you know oh Benji's leaving Morsey and he's having a wonderful party why didn't he do this you know yeah. all the time because it's really nice exactly but you know it takes that um. That realization of like, oh, this is you know, this isn't take. You can't take this for granted. Oh well, let's let's do something about it. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you make a really great point there, man. Like, um, yeah, I think I think when things have a have an expiry date, it's a catalyst for intensity. Mm. You know, like, oh my god, like, you know, I thought I'd be here forever. I thought I had all the time in the world to do these mm. things, but now, you know. I don't, and that can be a metaphor for mm. so many things. But as you said, but like, mm. oh my god, yeah, I've got to, I've got to see you. I've got to do this, and you know. But mm. you, I essentially had all the time to do these things the entire time you've been here. Mm. But we, I mean, it's a very. Human... But not, not the reason. Yeah, it's the reason. I guess that's a very, uh, you know, um, apt point for for why why life might feel faster as as you get older and older because you you know as you start to like debilitate and like you know get older you know you do start to like you know realize your own mortality and mm. and think oh shit what have i done i need to i need to do all these things i need to yeah. you know get have a family have a have a career do this do that do that and as the as the clock ticks exactly actually brings me back to another thing that uh, i heard about on this podcast about this guy who was apparently the happiest guy that this guy had ever met and um he was 
it, it was due to him having a business. I'll run through the story quick, quite quickly, but he had a business uh, selling burglar alarms. And mm-hmm. um, normally the people that buy burglar alarms are, are like elderly. So he, mm. in the process of him having this business of like selling burglar alarms, he had lots of like little coffee dates with loads of elderly people. And they were all saying, oh, how old are you? 20? Oh, my God. If only, if only I was 27, I'd mm. do things so much differently. Um, and he had so many of these conversations with people in the in the twilight years of their mm. life that it... it drove him to change his path like like mm. massively like it, it sounds quite bizarre but he he ended up selling his business um selling his house mm. and he got a little cabin up by Loch Ness mm. and he just lives by the lake and he's just you know apparently this guy uh who he interviewed him and he was like yeah he's the happiest man I've ever met he's just wallows in joy all day long mm. just like he you know you could see him looking out on the lake and there was this storm rolling over and he was mm. like look at the colors man look at everything he was just like almost high mm. on life mm. and um I mean, I'm sure that's not a, a, the, the right path for everyone, but I'm sure as 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 time as as your time grows nearer, or even like you get a grasp on mortality, mm. which we've spoken about in a, a couple of podcasts ago, you you start to be like, oh fuck, you know, like what what have I done? What could I have done? If I know I could go back in time, I would have done more. Like, mm. where's the time gone? You know, like you get that sort of crush of like, <gasps> you know, that pang of, you know. Like like you, like, let's have a pie. Oh my god, let's have a fucking pie. I love you guys. Did <laughs> yeah, I tell yeah. you I love you? Like yeah yeah yeah. You know like um. Yeah, I think it's just very natural. Like we we do, we do, I think you know you know. There's one of the things that I said recently. If there's if there's one regret of mine, um, uh, since my injury, but like I guess in my whole life really is like I would I would love to have looked at my phone less. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't, and I I genuinely feel like I'll probably be me on my deathbed and and I'll be one of those people like, hey, if you could live your life again, what would you have done? I'd be like, I'd I'd look at my phone less. Mm. Which, which again, I come back to this book, but it's really prompting me to look at my phone less, mm. and it's so wonderful. And I know that it's not; it's hard, you know. Mm. You're up against very clever people and yeah. insanely powerful yeah. algorithms. People on top of people on top of people, standing on the top of shoulders, standing on the top of scientists that make it really difficult for you not to look at your phone. Yeah, and absorb the dirty media. Yeah, well, we're being manipulated. Like, there's a great chapter in the book. About how uh, this guy Tristan Harris, he's the he's the guy from the Social Dilemma. About how he worked for, mm. you know, he was saying, oh, you know, if you get immediate feedback, like if you post something, you know, you know, it'll, the, you'll get likes, you'll get inst- and it just mm. basically, again, I'm repeating myself, but just to keep you glued mm. to your phone mm. for profit, and it's an insanely disturbing social experiment that mm. that's destroying people's attention spans. Mm, yeah, I don't want to know the conclusion. Well, no, I, the, the book's fascinating. I mean, it's really helping me. Like I say, um, I'm repeating. No, myself. I mean, I don't want to know the cl- oh, conclusion right. of this uh, social experiment. I know, I know, it's it's terrible, but um, but like it, it's really making me look mm. at look at you know absorb less information and actually be happier. Mm. I'm genuinely happier for having this book. So, yeah, rad. Well, I'm definitely going to read it as yeah. a result of that. Awesome. So uh, we're about getting to that time where we're wrapping up on this podcast, which is making me sad because this is. The last in-person podcast for for a while. Potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could, um, could well be. It may be the next one that you listen to will be done remotely. So, you know, bear with this if the audio quality isn't as good or, you know, Fred, step it up. No, yeah. I'm, sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine. You're mm. going to get a microphone mm. and uh, we're going to do it remotely mm. and that'll be wonderful. Mm. Um, there's a couple of things I was going to say before we sign off. Um, I really wanted to say um, what up to the, to the listener that I met mm. in Carrefour. I had this wonderful moment 
in Carrefour recently. Carrefour is the supermarket, um, which really stroked my ego. I was in the <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was in the um, when I go to the supermarket. There's a there's a there's an aisle which is like you know person handicap mm. prioritaire. So you know you roll up and you are like oh you know. I, 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 it's really awkward to be like, oh, hey, by the way, sorry, I'm in a wheelchair. I, I, I get to go in front of you. So I'm just kind of like lingering there and hoping that people will be like, oh, go ahead, please, you know, go ahead, mm. sir. And um, this guy was like, um, oh, go ahead, Fred. And I was like, excuse me, did, did you just call me Fred? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, do we know each other? And um, he was like, oh, no, but I, I listen to your podcast. And I was like, oh, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> Well, you must know Benji. He's like, no, I don't know Benji. I was like, oh, really? So you, you don't know either of us and, and you and you listen to our podcast? Oh, no way. And he was like, yes. And I was like, oh, that's really nice to meet you. I'm sure you inflated like a oh, balloon. Oh, my God. I felt very moment. glorious. Yeah. It was like, you know, I trying to like... The cues parted. Yeah. Please, you know, it's not like he was like fanboy. Oh, my God. That's, that's, <laughs> that's half of Apes on Tape. <laughs> you know, he wasn't like giggling in his boots or anything. He was just like, oh... Go ahead. Mm. Like, go in front. Oh, please, sir, take my place in the queue, oh, oh. wise one. <laughs> but it was lovely. It was lovely. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just a really, really lovely interaction. So thank you. I, I think his name mm. was Tim or Tom or perhaps um, Gregory. You don't know his name. Or Harry. You don't know his but, name. Uh, Steve. Okay, Steve. Um, Frank. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm, you don't know his name. I don't know his name. I'm sorry, I forgot your name. But it was it was lovely to to bump into um, a, a listener and mm. and also inflated my ego. The other thing that really inflated my ego, and I have to end on this, is um, that I was listening to a podcast the other day, and apparently 99% of podcasts don't make it past episode 20, mm. which means that we are in the top 1% of all podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear sweet Lord. That is that is so misleading. <laughs> but it's true. Top 1% because the other 90% are fucking awful. Well, I mean, no, it's, it just shows our tenacity. Mm. You know, you know mm. that we've we've stuck at this. Doesn't matter if you're crap. If you keep doing it, it'll look good on the numbers. Yeah, honestly. Um, I Should think we put it, it in the bio? Top 1% of all podcasts. <laughs> it's yeah. true, though. I, fi- I, f- I find it fascinating. It does sound a grandiose claim, mm. but mm. technically we are in mm. the top 1% of mm. all podcasts. I don't think I want to ride the wave of a technicality just because there's that many people that do a podcast. And then can't be asked to do it for a while. I think it's a great achievement. I don't think we should shy away from it. I yeah. mean, I don't think we should. It's a big one percent, isn't it? You know. Yeah, but the, the, the one the, like Joe Rogan, the, 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 the 99 Joe Rogan getting a hundred million a year, and you know, a vast section of the population is you know, yeah. subject to his his well, his like views the, and guests. And we're in the same one percentile as that, and we've got you know a few hundred listeners. That's the point. One percent, you know. That's that's the mega. That's yeah. the mega. Place. Well, that's what I mean. You know, one percent is a big old one percent. But the ninety nine percent is even larger. So I guess who we have to thank in this instant is the thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> and thousands and thousands of people that have tried to do a podcast and you know, life got in up. the way. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm. So that. So my point is, you know, as we are in the one percent, you know. All right, that's one. enough of that, young man. <laughs> we should definitely continue. Listeners, his chest is swelling as he says it. <laughs> his head is getting bigger. It's popped off his neck. <laughs> but uh, I think, uh, seeing as um, you know, it's a, it's a small little humble podcast, but we have uh, engaged listeners that 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 really you know enjoy 
our voices, obviously, and it's wonderful. And I just want to really, really, really make the effort to continue. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I want to say thanks to you because I, I really enjoy this. I think it's like massively valuable. I think yeah. we've done, uh, you know, a massive amount of work towards just our friendship, if, if yeah. nothing else. And there's so many conversations that we've put time and effort into researching and, and having, you know, whether there's a microphone there or not, the microphone gives us purpose yeah. to like have these conversations that undoubtedly have improved us as, you know, friends and, and hopefully people. And, uh, and it's awesome. And I love it. And I love you. And, I, and love you I, too, man. I hope it continues. And, I, and you know, as, as funny and as hilariously grandiose it is to be like, oh, top one percentile, it does you know lay claim to the to the point that you know it's good to just put one foot in front of the other and you know well, yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to have like you know lofty lofty ambitions but you know if you turn up then um exactly gets you in the top one percent apparently yeah exactly mm. and um and on the and on that note the the, the really good thing about uh, having a podcast it is a uh, it is one of those things that's a that's a monotask you can't multitask and do a podcast, mm. which is one of the things which I think is really wonderful. For example, the last podcast we did, we decided not to release it. And um, for those of you wondering, we said that we had some. Um, I hadn't actually planned on talking about this, but I'm mm. just going to blurt it out. We had some, foot, we had some audio footage from the mushroom ceremony that we did, and we actually, you know, re-listened to it soberly, and we had this wonderful conversation. It was a really beautiful conversation between you and I. Mm. And it was so personal and deep and lovely that we found it wasn't to be shared for the public. So mm. we're actually not going to release that. But even though we didn't release it, and in many ways I'd love to share it with, with everyone, mm. but it's just a bit too personal. Mm. Um, it was really valuable. It was really beautiful like mm. for us to have that like, oh my God, you know, mm. like, yeah, I mean, you were there. We're not going <laughs> to yeah, yeah, yeah. share it. But like um, the, the value of the podcast is much mm. more than... Than, the, than sharing it with an audience. Mm. Like for you and I, like I say, it's, it's mm. something that's really brought us much closer together. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Like I say, we're, like we're, like we're, we're, mo we're monotasking now. When, 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 when do you ever get to speak to a friend like mm. this? You yeah, know? yeah, that's um, so true. When they don't pick up their phone or, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And we've got a microphone and we're, we're recording it and sharing it. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Mm. I fucking love this podcast. So mm. here's to, you know, future... Um, remote podcasts mm. and I'm sure even if the audio quality suffers you know it'll be fucking a great chance for us to you know debrief each other on like what's going on you know like mm. having a catch up it'll be a great example to be like oh you know mm. you don't have to come over we can just zoom and mm. I don't know how it's going to work but we're, we're going to make we'll it work we'll work it out we'll work, we'll work it out, it out. Mm. anyway with that said um, just gushing over mm. over my own podcast <laughs> I don't know if I told you but we're in the top 1% of all oh, the podcasts oh dear lord so yeah I'll, yeah. I'll um well, thanks to the um, people that listen, because it does make it um, more meaningful to know that people, you know, enjoy it, and uh, and we certainly do. So, thanks very much. Lots yeah, of love of course. to all of you. Thanks to the audience as well. So, peace and love. Take it easy, man. Ciao. You. Right, let's do some ketamine. <laughs> oh dear, sweet lord. <laughs>